Are you worried that perhaps you're a little bit boring when you present to an audience? Or perhaps you get so excited about your topic that you forget that your audience don't quite have the knowledge that you have and so you lose them as you get stuck in your own head of knowledge and information. Well, in this recording, in this podcast of a lockdown live that I did, I share my three top tips for how not to be boring and how to engage your audience and how to be interesting, even when perhaps you lose your audience's attention. The ability to speak with confidence and present for impact is easily the most valuable skill you can have in today's world. When you can share your knowledge, you can facilitate change. And when you can facilitate change, well, you can change the world one conversation at a time. But most people think they can't speak articulately, confidently, or with impact. They get choked up by nerves, they lose their words, or that dreaded imposter syndrome shuts them down. Well, I'm happy to say that speaking is a skill that anyone can learn, yes, even you, and that's exactly what this podcast is all about. My name is Kat Matson, and welcome to Speaking with Confidence. Well, hello. It is Tuesday afternoon. It's five o'clock. It's day whatever it is of lockdown in Brisbane. I actually only think it's day four, but um, I know some of you are watching from Sydney and I think it's day 39 if you're in Sydney of lockdown. And you know what? You might be watching this well after lockdown. You might be watching this well after I've recorded. Hello and welcome to another lockdown live session. So the context of these little videos is, well, when, 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 when Brisbane went into lockdown this week, that also happened to be the pre-launch week for the next round of impactful presenters. I thought, you know what, I'm just going to do some lockdown lives, basically create some, um, Lockdown lemonade out of lockdown lemons. And why do I say that that's lockdown lemonade? Well, because I'm at home and so I have my gear, I have my microphone, my lights, and it's easy for me to just jump online and be live rather than what happens when I'm at work and I end up having to rush home to then sit in the seat to do a live. So welcome to number two of the lockdown lives. Today, I'm talking all about how to engage your audience. In other words, how to not be boring, because I think this is actually one of the big concerns for people. They're really excited about their information. They know their material. They know, they know they're experts. They've managed to overcome their nerves. And if you missed yesterday's lockdown live, then I encourage you to find it. I talked all about how to calm your nerves. But even when you've done all of that, you've still got this concern of, well, what if I'm boring? What if I'm putting my audience to sleep? And so that's exactly what I'm talking about today. Now, before I do just a little bit of housekeeping, if you are watching and there are instructions that look like this on the post, then please click the link, the streamyard.com forward slash Facebook link. Just grant StreamYard permission to show your face and to see your name. So when you post comments below the video, I know who you are I, and I can see you from within 
StreamYard. If you don't get that message, don't worry about it. StreamYard does have some restrictions. Of course, if you do want to post a comment, a question, uh, an inquiry or anything, just do so in the comments box. I will see them even if I don't necessarily see your name and I will endeavour to answer. Um, I anticipate that this little conversation is going to last less than 30 minutes. It will be recorded, but I tell you what, the prizes go to the people who show up and that is the juice goes to the people who show up and get to ask questions and be involved in the interactive session. So let's kick off onto it. So boring. Why is boring such a fear for public speakers? Well, I think of Matthew when I think about boring because Matthew is in the current cohort of impactful presenters and he has a passion for sharing knowledge and sharing information about classical music. And he knows that classical music isn't necessarily something that everybody loves, that's something that not necessarily everybody thinks of as exciting. But he's not necessarily shy and he's certainly not an introvert. And, in fact, Matthew can get very excited about his topic. And one of the things that he was finding when he was getting up and talking to rooms of people was that he was getting so caught up in all of his knowledge, in all of his passion, in all of his excitement, that he was losing his audience because he wasn't taking them on the journey with them. Rather, he was kind of doing these data dumps. And I know that's been the same for me. In fact, in um, my role and in my day job in public service for local government, I can often get really excited about what it is that I'm trying to explain, what it is that I'm advocating for. And I get caught up in dumping all of my information. In fact, I do it as fast as possible so I can get people on the journey. But that's actually just as damaging and just as boring because the poor audience member or the person that you're speaking to just is lost in your head, in your thoughts, without the context or the information that you've got in your head that have all of those thoughts make sense. So this is where this whole boring concept comes in. And it's not just the boring, it's just that it's that lost piece. So what I want to talk about today is three key tips for not boring your audience for engaging your audience and for taking your audience on the journey. So let me ask you this, has that ever happened to you? Have you ever been in an audience where you want to love what the speaker is saying, but you can't keep up? Has that ever happened to you? Yep. And have you ever been a speaker either on a stage or in a small group and you're kind of watching your audience members' eyes glaze over. Has that ever happened? Yeah. So that technique that I just used, asking questions that have a yes answer is one of the key ways that you can engage your audience. Ask questions. So there's a few reasons why asking questions of your audience works. Now, unless you want to lose total control of your room, you don't want to be asking questions that people are physically or verbally answering. The questions that you're asking are closed questions, yes or no. Ideally, yes, because you want them nodding. You want them putting their hand up. You want them nodding and saying, yes, that happens to me. Yes, I understand. Yes, I appreciate that. Because when your audience are nodding 
and answering your questions, then they're engaged with you. And when they're nodding, there's already this subtle subconscious piece that says in their mind, I like this person. I agree with this person. This person makes sense. So asking questions that have a collective affirmative answer that just requires people to nod is a fabulous way to start off your presentations, but also a fabulous way to keep your audience engaged. The other reason why questions are so powerful to be asking as a presenter is because you're actually shifting the conversation to force your audience to engage. They have to think about the answer. And so they have to stop their mind wandering. They have to tune back into what they just heard you say and they have to think for a moment, oh, yeah, that is true. Sometimes you can also ask open questions but without them answering it out loud. So, for example, I could say to you right now, so just in your own mind, just cast your mind back to the last presentation that you did and ask yourself, how did that feel? Did you feel like you were engaged with the audience? Did you feel like you were connected? Or were there times that you felt like you'd lost them, that you needed to get them back and you couldn't quite? So asking those open questions as a technique is another way to just have people settle into what it is that you're saying and to connect with what it might mean for them. So that's tip number one, ask questions. Closed affirmative questions to just get that real affirmative, yep, we're with you, and then open but silent questions to have people dig into the information that you're presenting. The second tip that I have for moderating, or sorry, for engaging your audience is to moderate and colour your voice. Now, I often joke and I'm hoping that you're old enough to know the Ferris Bueller reference where the teacher stands when he's doing the roll call and he's saying, Bueller, Bueller, Bueller. Now, we've all been to presentations where the person delivers their speech in a very monotone, boring, perhaps calming voice which might be fantastic for sending you to sleep, but it's not fantastic for an engaging presentation where you're trying to lead change. So what do I mean by modulate and colouring your voice? Well, I just did it then. Just changing your tone, using some musicality without overdoing it, but being conversational. And when it comes to video presentations, which let's face it, we're all doing a lot of those at the moment, be slightly over, slightly over what you would be in a normal conversation because there's this screen here, right? I'm not sitting in the same room as you and so I need to work harder. I need to be bigger and more punchy in order to engage and keep your attention. 
One of the other reasons why people end up speaking in a really monotone voice is because they're reading their words, they're reading a script, they're reading an abstract or they're reading from their PowerPoint slide and I'm going to talk more about that in a second. So a key way to not go down that path is don't prepare a script. Prepare frames or concepts or key messages or ideas that you want to present, not a script. Because if you're having to think about what you're saying next based on your key messages, if you're engaging in a more natural conversation rather than just reading that one of the reasons why people don't deliver engaging presentations is because they're trying to remember a script. If you're not reading, you'll be more engaging. And when you're more engaging, people will listen to you longer. So tip number two Modulate and colour your voice. Now my third, oh, my third tip. No death by PowerPoint. None, none, none. Nine times out of ten these days, I don't use PowerPoint at all unless it's a long presentation. Your PowerPoint deck or your slide deck should be there to augment your presentation and to add value to what you're saying, not to be read because if you're reading your PowerPoint presentation, what do you reckon your audience are doing? What do you reckon? So there's a few things in here that I want to talk about. First of all, we've all been in those presentations where it's death by PowerPoint. You don't want to be that person, end of story. But why do we end up being that person? Well, it's because we actually prepare our presentations in PowerPoint, don't we? First thing we think about when it comes to setting up for a presentation is we open up PowerPoint or Google Slides or Keynote or whatever our, maybe it's even, um, not Slido, that beautiful, I can't remember the name of it. If you know the name of that other beautiful slide deck presentation, let me know. So we sit there and we open up a program and then we start jotting down all of our thoughts about our presentation in a slide deck program. And so then automatically, of course, what starts to happen is we start putting in all of our speaker's notes into the slide deck program. And then as we're doing that, we actually start creating our bullet point slides from our speaking notes. And lo and behold, all of a sudden, what we have is 150 slides for a 30-minute presentation that is dull, that is bullet pointed, that is boring. And because that's where we've done all our prep, that's what we use to present from. They become our speaker's notes. My tip, and I talk about this a lot in Impactful Presenters, is to prepare your presentation on post-it notes. And that way you can move them around on the page, but they're in big chunks because if you can't write it, well, you can't write it on a post-it note with a Sharpie and put a whole lot of detail. It's just got to be the chunks of the information. The other thing, and this is where you need to kind of tap into how people's minds work, is think about multiple modalities. So some of the most engaging presentations that you've seen, or actually some of the most engaging entertainment that you've seen, will engage multiple modalities, namely sight and your ears. So think about TV, think about movies, think about webinars, all of those things in fact, think about a Facebook Live like this. All of those engagement platforms are engaging you on two fronts. 
the visual as well as sound. Your slide deck, therefore, should be adding some visual, I don't want to say visual entertainment because we're not in the edutainment business, but they should be adding visual juice to what you're saying. So it's the graphs, it's the infographics, it's the interesting images that just add to. Your information itself shouldn't be on your slide deck. That's what's coming out of your mouth. Instead, your slide deck should be adding value to what it is that you're saying. So they're my three tips for not boring your audience and for engaging them. Now, these three tips are part of 15 tips that I have in my 15, what do I call it? My 15 game-changing tips for confident and impactful presentations. If you don't already have that, I've just posted the link into the comments here. If you just go to impactfulpresenters.com forward slash F for Foxtrot, etc., you can see it there. Or if you just go to impactfulpresenters.com, you'll see the link also at the top of the page. Sign up and get the other 12 game-changing tips. And as I said at the top of this call, I'm making lockdown lemonade out of lockdown lemons. And so you might have already clicked that if yesterday I did tips one to three and if today was tips two till six, maybe tomorrow I'll do tips seven to nine. Maybe. I reckon I'll go online tomorrow at about five again because that seems to be a really good time. And besides, I can have a drink in hand when I do that as well. The other thing that I wanted to let you know that is that I have a Facebook group. It's called Speaking with Confidence with Kat Matson on Facebook. So if you want to continue the conversations, if you want to ask me more questions, or if you just want to see what other people are doing, then by all means, come along and join that group because, yeah, I post some pretty decent tips in there and some more ideas. Finally, I'm opening up the next round of the Impactful Presenters Masterclass. It will start on Saturday, the 14th of August, which means it opens this Sunday for registrations. So if boosting your speaking confidence muscle has been on your agenda for a while, if you want to overcome your nerves, if you want to be a more confident and impactful presenter, or hey, if you just want to be heard, if you're tired of sitting around meetings, having other people repeat your ideas and they're the ones who get the credit and you don't, then this program might be for you. So as I said, it will start on the 14th of August. It's all online because that's where we live now and um, it will open for registrations this Sunday. So to recap, what are our top tips for engaging your audience and for not being boring? First of all, ask questions. Ideally, those ones that are either closed but affirmative, who here has, anybody else want to, or those kind of things that have your audience saying yes. Yes, because then you automatically have your audience agreeing with you. And that is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing when you're trying to lead change. Second, modulate and colour your voice. And how you do that is one, by not reading, and two, just be a little bit more over the top than you would be in a normal conversation. Unless, of course, you're already one of those yellers in conversation and then you might want to tone it back. But most of the time I find that people who are learning how to be more impactful presenters aren't the over-the-top people. And then finally, don't be that person who does the death by PowerPoint. And my tip there is don't prepare 
your presentation in PowerPoint. Prepare it elsewhere. Prepare it on post-it notes. Prepare it with a mind map. Don't prepare it by typing out a script because all of that, all of that scripting literally just sets you up to remember specific words rather than to deliver key messages. And as I said yesterday when I was talking about calming your nerves, one of the key things is be of service. Instead of worrying about whether or not you're going to remember all of the things that you want to say, ask yourself, how can I best be of service to my audience right now? And when you do that, you step out of remembering your script and you move into how do I teach? How do I lead? How do I empower? So no death by PowerPoint. As I said, I'm going live again tomorrow, most likely five o'clock again, but stay tuned to whichever social media platform you are watching this on right now. By all means, come and join us in the group, Speaking with Confidence with Kat Matson. And if you haven't already got the 15 game-changing tips for confident and impactful presentations, you want to do that now by going here. I hope you have a fantastic evening wherever you are. And if you're listening or watching this post-event, thank you for tuning in. I hope it's been useful and I look forward to seeing you again really soon. Here's to confidence and impact. See ya.